welcome to Upcheck Theater. We watch the nonsense so you don't have to. With Dustin Hummel, Rob Mikowski, and Aaron Krieger, we spare no film on our vomitous scale. Come waste an hour or so of your life so you don't waste another one. Sit back, relax, and throw up. Still works. I you beat me the punch. No, hopefully. Ugh. Well, I gotta say, it was more exciting than the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Upchuck Theater, folks. I'm Dustin Hummel. I'm Rob Mikowski. And I'm disgusted. <laughs> I'm Aaron Greger. <laughs> disgusted, Aaron Greger. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I don't have much to say about this one except, um, nope. No, not well, again. Well, then this will be this will be a good this will be a good one to test out our new uh, new and improved structure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To the podcast so that people actually pay attention. Okay. Is anybody paying attention? I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, if you are, uh, visit www.upchucktheater.com. Email and, us. Uh, email us at upchucktheater. Don't 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 talk when I'm doing the promo. <laughs> upchucktheater at gmail.com. Uh, and then uh, our Podbean, where this will be uh, found, and you can subscribe to the feed, I think, because uh, GoDaddy's not getting back to me about the other stuff. Flick on over to Podbean. <laughs> That's going to be a continuous joke. Absolutely. All right, folks. So today we've got uh, the remake of uh, House on Haunted Hill. Yeah. Um, uh, 
I guess that's where we should end it. <laughs> All right, good show. Uh, movie's terrible. Uh, catch you next time. So basically what this is, for those who are not aware, uh, released in 1999, it's a redo, a redux of the uh, 1959 House on Haunted Hill, which starred, of course, Vincent Price. Um, this one is directed by William Malone and starring Goofy Rush. Famke Jansen, Tay Diggs, Ali Larder, and Jeffrey Combs, better known as Wei Yoon of Deep Space Nine. Um, all right, am I going first? Am I, am I going yeah, first? go ahead. All right, so basically, um, so the head of a now abandoned asylum, uh, Dr. Richard B. Vanicut, uh, performs these awful experiments uh, on patients, killing many. Uh, there's this big fire uh, in the hospital that's uh, in 1931, and the patients escape from their cells. They do this really coordinated attack for mental patients. Uh, they beat up the guards. They kill them. They rip their clothing apart. They slam them into the you know the wall. They they kill all of them. And then there's this big fire uh, because the doctor had rigged uh, the building with all these iron gates and cranks and levers, and they cannot be reset for 12 hours uh, to keep the patients from escaping. He closed the gates during this fire, because if they're going to die, they're all going to die. Decades later, uh, during reconstruction, several unexplained deaths result in the facility being dubbed the House on Haunted Hill. I don't remember any of that from the actual story. Um, so now we're in 1999, and uh, Famke Jansen is married to Stephen Price, uh, Goofrey, Jeffrey, of course, Goofrey Rush. Um, and he's, it starts out, and he's in this amusement park that he's built. And he's got, you know, this really kind of, you know, sense of humor to everything. And he puts these two, um, you know, reporters through this elevator of, like, doom. And, you know, they think they're going to die. And he's, you know, he tricks them out. And then they're on this roller coaster. And they're all scared about that, too. And, uh, you know, and so, you know, so he, he's, the, he's this fun guy. And then... Well, those scenes are actually pretty good. Yeah, well, the, the, first, the first act, according to what I have as the first act, really wasn't bad at all. Um, it, was, it was amusing. It was cheesy, but amusing. So then Evelyn, Famke Jansen, the wife, she gets this idea that she wants to have a birthday party in uh, this asylum. And so she gives him, according to here, it gives him a lengthy guest list. And he shreds it to spite her and then creates one of his own, but I thought he walked away and then it just got removed like by something. I don't know. It doesn't matter. The computer. Yeah. So five guests arrive for the party. Um, Jennifer Jensen, Eddie Baker, Melissa Margaret Marr, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Dr. Donald Blackburn, and Pritchett um, himself, so, uh, Chris Catan. Of course, uh, and his father and grandfather built it and renovated and whatever it is. So the guests are not the one that Price invited. Uh, neither husband or wife know who these people are, but they continue the theme of the party, offering a million dollars to any guest who stays in the house and survives until morning with any person not making it having his money added to the pot and basically saying, like, <laughs> if you die, <laughs> So that's Act One, uh, getting to to the place. Um, so Act Two. Is that me? <laughs> I, I don't know. We're going in order. Okay. I, I well, maybe we should. All right. 
Yeah, well, no. Yeah. <laughs> Tell yeah. the story first. All right, so Act Two, they're getting to the uh, asylum, and all five of these people that Aaron just mentioned are getting in there, and um, then comes. Did we talk about the? Did you talk about the plot? With the one million dollars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I just said you that. just said that. Okay, I just, Sorry. Said I just that. phased out. Um, this so, movie will do that to you. Yeah, exactly. So we had basically after that little revelation happens, the um, house turns on Allah thirteen ghosts and locks everyone inside. Yeah, the steampunk security system. Exactly. Yeah, the uh, the storm gates come down and then bam, 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 bam. Yeah, just like that. Just like that. They come down and. Um, uh, this is where Goofy gets all, you know, all crazy, and he has this uh, quote-unquote engineer, I guess you could call him. New name engineer? And, yeah, yeah. Radar. Yeah, his name is, yeah. Uh, yeah. So he goes in, and he, uh, you know, know he says, name. hey, doesn't hey, matter. you. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Hey, you, did you trip that, you know? And uh, he said, no, that wasn't me, oh, you know. Oh, oh, oh. oh, so, you know, here we're giving our first clue oh. that there's some more... To the story, something then. more, something retarded. more, yeah. yeah, the haunted house. Uh, so, um, uh, so then you know, Price thinks that uh, Price was goofy. Thinks that his yeah. wife yeah, is Price, the, yeah, his Price wife has is, an is, automatic is, remote control or something that's hidden in the house that she tripped the uh, the uh, yeah the yeah, doors yeah one of those gonna, vaginal yeah. eggs exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, uh, in the meantime, Eddie, uh, who's played by Tay Diggs, and Jennifer, played <coughs> by the luscious Allie Larder, mm. decides to go down into the basement to see if they can uh, find some sort of fail-safe to open up these doors. And um, that's when uh, we we realize that Jennifer is not really Jennifer, and oh. she's actually somebody else, oh. as if we cared. Oh wow! Yeah, Tay Diggs says, "Oh, I, I know, I know you've been playing, girl. You know, you, that's not your real name." And then she's like, "Oh yeah, my name, you know, Sarah Wolf." And she, uh, she was an assistant to the real Jennifer Jensen, you know. And uh, the only reason she came to the party was because she wanted the money. Good for you. Um, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, here we go. And then. Uh, like any good horror movie, Tay Diggs and uh, Ellie Larder get separated. Right. Can't remember how the fuck how, but who cares? And um, then she starts seeing flashes of Tay Diggs, but uh, a weird Tay Diggs. Yeah, like he has a, like a shine in yeah, his eyes. A shine. And uh, he, uh, he like, he comes out, you know, a couple of times, and she follows him into... Uh, I, I don't know, like the... Well, he's playing hide-and-go-seek with her. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, she, I don't know, goes into a room where he has a whole bunch of, like, chemical tanks and stuff like that. Loganberry. Loganberry, yeah. <laughs> a tank that's filled with just a Loganberry-like liquid. Just Substance. Yeah, so she gets up Ugh. there and... Uh, Loganberry. Um, because Eddie jumps into this vat of Loganberry, and she says, Oh, God, you know, hold on, I'm coming. And then she and gets like up here. falls in. Right, then... <laughs> And lo and behold, and then what happens? She uh, she sees the the real Eddie across the room, and she's like, and he's like "What are you doing, girl?" And you know she's getting pulled into the vat, and oh god! So and then she shows up with like two cuts on her face. Yeah, right, right. They Just she two. gets all cleaned up, and she's got a couple of cuts. 
And then we see the other one played by Bridget Wilson, uh, mm-hmm. Melissa. Mm-hmm. She goes off into the basement with a gigantic, what we said was an uh, Atari Lynx. Atari Lynx or Neo Geo. Fourth generation Viewmaster. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And then she goes down there, and then the next thing we know is we hear screams, which gets everybody down there, and they follow a trail of blood. Well, her camera sees stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah they see the camera, yeah. the camera who uh, captures her full death on screen. Uh, well, just her hand twitching. No, I mean, she sees well, the doctor. She sees, yeah. she she sees yeah. something, yeah. What, what happened? She gets... You're really terrible at this. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's a terrible movie. I, I, no, I don't blame no, him. No, she, she, she raises the camera, and she sees... Um, she sees, like, the experiments. Being oh, right. And then and everybody look stops and looks at her. And then we see Gas Mask Man. Yeah, right. And then... Psycho Mantis. And the, yeah, yeah. And then... Then she screams. And then I mean, nothing. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, and then everybody at the preteen Halloween party upstairs. <laughs> no, they her. come down and, yeah. and find her. You know, fucking, continue on, Dustin. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. You know, she she's dead. Next thing you know, <laughs> Jeffrey Rush goes upstairs and uh, he goes. Uh, you know, thinking that his his engineer is doing all this Radar. stuff. He turns him around. Yeah. And he's missing an entire oh, yeah. face. Well, he's been melon balled. That's beautiful. <laughs> that, that was a good scene. He just turns him around, and you know you could see right through his entire head. It's just a, yeah. a mess. There was of, nothing there, anyways. Yeah, a mess of pulp. And so now we're into like I guess the third act. This is the third act yeah. that really happens. Yeah. And Rob, go ahead. The I third act. Yeah. I, get the, I get the third act. Yeah, after after mm is dead. Fruitball. Fruitball. Fucking watermelon face. <laughs> Melon ball and mmm are dead. <laughs> Who's mmm again? Uh, Bridget Wilson there. Bridget, oh, yeah. Melissa Margaret. Because she's in there for about you know, 15 minutes or so. She has severe eyebrows and a giant forehead, but boy, does she have a sexy profile. Yeah. I mean, she really does. Yeah. I'll go All along right. with that. Yeah. yeah. So, so after, you know, Melissa mm. after, mm, <laughs> after mm, disappears... <laughs> Uh, they start. They go back to the main hall or main room, and they right. ask all these questions and stuff. And Chris Kattan's wonderful character in typical Chris Kattan's uh, fashion is constantly whining and crying, complaining that they're all going to die. And Death by corrosion. Yeah, that was a good one for yeah. me. I, I don't know what that means. Yeah. But, all right. So yuck. So then there's this weird situation where they hear. They they're they're walking around again. I think in the the downstairs area, whatever the case may be, with the basement of this place, and they hear all these noises, this high pitched, kind of whining noise, and somebody, Chris Kattan, <laughs> realizes it's electroshock therapy, obviously. Of course. So they start running and they get into their room and then they see uh, Famka lying on the table with a device over her head and a thing in her mouth so she doesn't. Bite her teeth, I guess, or bite her tongue, bite I guess, or whatever. Yeah, and she's being like shocked severely by this equipment. So everyone's trying to find the power button. Right. Everybody in the room is trying to find the power button. They finally get the power turned off. She spits up blood, and the doctor, who, in my opinion, had no care development, um, pronounces her dead. Yeah, good. And then all hell breaks loose. Yeah. And uh, Vincent Price, I mean, I'm sorry, whatever the guy's name is, Goofy 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 Rush, Rush, starts to freak out and says that, you know, one of them killed her and blah, blah, blah. And these these guns that they gave to protect themselves in the beginning in the uh, there was a part in the beginning 
or near toward the beginning where they had this coffin, the dry ice coffin, as Aaron called it, yeah. with floating coffins mm-hmm. in it. It's like a, it's like a yeah. deprivation coffin. Yeah. All I thought about when I saw those, and you know, you know the little duck game when you pick the duck up yeah, and you yeah. get the number? Yeah, yeah, That's what yeah. I thought of. So go. they get these guns. Yeah, bobbing for nonsense. Exactly. <laughs> so they get these guns, and they're supposed to be filled with blanks, and then they find out they're not, and whatever. And then they are. And then they are. And then they're really terrible-looking prop guns anyways. So... He points a gun at them, and they tells him he's going to shoot them. And then, of course, you know, Day Diggs takes charge of the situation, brings him down with force, manly force. And they put him in the saturation chamber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is basically like a flip book, right? And they, yeah, they yeah, show yeah, him. Yeah. They show him. In, they show him normal imagery because apparently he's supposed to turn a crazy person sane again without the Charlie Chaplin music <laughs> or the flipping sound. Mm-hmm. So they lock him in there, and then there's this weird situation <laughs> where the doctor mm-hmm. is starting to, like, Aaron kind of called, and he's like, oh, here's the change, because the doctor seemed like he was in on this because yeah. he was turning the machine up higher. Well, here's the deal. So, yeah, so he turns the machine up high, and then, you know, I wasn't paying attention, so I didn't understand why Goofy Rush was in the... <laughs> he was in the hyperbaric chamber, <laughs> and um, hyperbaric flipboard. And then Dustin and Rob had to poke the back of my head with a stick and say, "No, they no. they they put him in there." Yeah, put him in. And uh, you know, so then he's moving around, and it's like just the slideshow. And then you know, the doctor goes to Evelyn, who is dead on this, you know, on the electroshock therapy table, and she's spitting up Loganberry everywhere. <laughs> and then he goes, finally, you know, what does he say? Like, finally, like, uh, you're, you're willing or able or something like that. You're unable to stop me and, from and like, violating. And, and throughout this, throughout this <laughs> whole movie so far, like this 50 or 60 minutes or so of this garbage, there have been multiple allusions to uh, Jeffrey Rush's character's homosexuality, and that Famke Jansen's just banging everybody. So I wasn't really surprised at well, this. Well, that's mentioned. And then he then he starts fondling her dead body. And I said, okay, so now we got a movie. But I knew that something was going on because, I, I, you know, I said, something's not right here. So then he brings out the giant Pulp Fiction EpiPen. Cranks. And, uh, you know, she wakes up. And then, of course, she kills him because they need one more body. Well, they were trying to. She was trying to frame her husband, right? Or right. Something. Good right. job. And so she uses, you know, she obviously uses uh, her uh, her charms to uh, to kill the doctor. She gets decap- What's a scalpel. Yeah, she she decapitates him at some point. Well, she's trying to frame him. Well, my my exact uh, note here is the doctor fucks over Goof Rush. <laughs> Space banging the wife, obviously, which is not a surprise. Giant Epi Pen that spelled Gian Epi Pent. Yeah. And then my next uh, note here that goes into what I considered the fourth act after the reveal of the wife and the doc is pissed off anthropomorphic house. Yeah. Uh, that's about right. That's about it. No, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no that's the fourth act. You it's, know, yeah, headless doc to the frame of the the, the hyperbaric chamber. That's right. that terrible. Um. You know, we call you know, so that yeah yeah yeah. So then uh, Allie Larder there, uh, not mm, what's her name? I don't know. Not yeah. mm, Sarah. Yeah, not um, oh, Jennifer Jensen. So JJ, uh, <laughs> she points you know the awful prop gun at uh, Goofy, and she shoots him. But I I'm yelling at the ca- at the screen. I'm going they're blanks. They're blanks. Dummy. They said they were blanks. 
and she shoots him to death, and he falls over and slumps, and Rob and I at the same time said... Blanks. Blanks. Squibs. <laughs> squibs. Bulletproof vest. And so, you know, so she, you know, so then Eddie runs back and, you know, and because he touched JJ's ass earlier in the in the in the movie, obviously it's still coming up on the I know. <laughs> Sorry. Rob's vaping loudly. I try not to. And um so he so they run out and then she walks up to her husband, dead. Uh, and she's not wearing shoes, right? And uh, she's like in this kind of like corpse bride kind of nonsense. The Mumu. Yeah, the Mumu. And then he, of Mumu. course, is not dead. The yeah. Mumu. And so, of course, he's Mumu. not dead. And so then he like, he grabs her by the throat and throws her around a little bit. Yeah. And then he throws her through, through the wall. this wall. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, nobody knows about this wall, though. Like, what's inside the wall. Yeah. Um, and then the really bad 90s band comes out. Yeah, and then, like, the decaying door, rotting room. They realize they've just stumbled upon the evil core of the house. Um, you know, and Catan's character has mentioned over in the house... Oh, the house. <laughs> the house. I, I was it's doing, the darkness. In the darkness, yeah. And, and, and that's what it's actually the called here. Alive. The darkness. The darkness. A dark, shape shifting creature composed of the spirits in the house. Or the Rorschach uh, blot, you know, ink blotters. Well, I was trying, yeah, I was trying to equate it to what magic card it would be, but I don't <laughs> I don't know. No, it's Gorgon. Uh, right, the destroyer. Yeah. Destroyer uh, so then Evelyn is captured by the darkness, and she kind of looks like Skeletor after that. Which is, you know, it assimilates her. So it's like a Borg like shape shifting creature. Um, while Price watches in horror, uh, it emerges in front of Jeffrey Rush, revealing it's composed of everyone who died and is responsible. I don't, okay. Uh, <laughs> begins to pursue him, and that's where we have the pregnant door fart. Um, yeah. This door he closes, and it balloons up like it's prego, and then it farts itself out. Um, Pritchett. Or Catan's character opens the door because Jeffrey rushes. Oh, let me in, let me. He opens the door. He evades it, but then Catan's character is sucked in through the tentacles of the darkness. Uh, then Price tells Sarah and, Edda, Sarah and Eddie, sorry, that not only was Pritchett right, the house really is alive. <laughs> yeah. And deduces that the only way to get out is through the attic because, of course, in horror movies, you we don't upstairs. go outside, no, no. we go up, no, you go or up. we go in. Okay. Uh, the three flee as the darkness begins to seep through the house. Go up and in, Dustin. The yeah. walls, the right. shattering, I mean, you know, all this stuff. Nothing's really happening. As they flee, uh, Sarah trips, and then the darkness uses Melissa's form to try to lure her to it. So, mm, makes a return. <laughs> Mm-hmm. A price activates a pulley, and all the gears happen, and there's an opening. Steampunk. Yeah, and then the system. darkness comes through. I mean, there's a lot of cracks. I mean, the the, the heat for this place has to be terrible. Uh, price sacrifices himself to give the others time to escape. The darkness uh, closes the iron gate after uh, Sarah, who is actually JJ. We're talking about Allie Larder, but now her name is Sarah because, you know, that's who she really is. I'm already lost. Uh, traps, it doesn't matter. Traps Eddie inside. Mm-hmm. Um, when the darkness confronts Eddie about his ancestors' actions, uh, okay, it takes on several forms of all the guests. 
He screams. He was actually adopted. Um, <laughs> good. So he... Good. I don't good. know. So that means that these spirits were, like, way off. Uh, and then as it gets ready to Borgize him... Uh, Catan's ghost appears and opens the Iron Gate. I would really like Chris Catan's ghost to be around here just to open doors for me. Uh, the darkness is distracted long enough for Eddie to escape out the window to Sarah on an outside ledge, and it looks like B- Wayne Manor from Batman the Animated Series. Uh, Pritchett's ghost and the darkness then both fade away uh, as Sarah and Eddie watch the sun rise. They notice an envelope on the ledge, and it contains $5 million in checks. Made out to cash. <laughs> After the credits, a black and white film shows the patients torturing Evelyn and Price in the afterlife. And see, we didn't see that. I didn't get to see. Well, that. we didn't see that because Rob couldn't handle the Marilyn Manson. The what? And so sweet oh, dreams. No, oh. yeah, we're gonna. So we're gonna have to go back to that. We're gonna have to look at that again. No. So that's the. Um... Ugh. I walk. I'm done. It's the only, it's the only song ever mentioned. No, in done. It's the, the only credits. one in the credits. <laughs> Can't do it. Um, all right. All right. All right. Yeah. So, that's, so where do we go? Here's where we go. First, we have to apologize. <laughs> we actually had to take notes on this movie because it was so bad that we. I could. I, it, this was really hard to watch. I mean, granted, I have to. I'm partly responsible for that because the uh, copy we had was kind of edited poorly. Oh yeah, because the movie was an, was edited great on its own. Well, yeah. I mean, well, yeah. no. what is that? I mean, in the in the grander schemes, I don't even think that matters. No, I mean, it's so terrible. No, no that's what I'm saying. I I, I think I, I think you said it right when you introduced this movie that the first act had it all. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's corny and it's cheesy, but it it's actually like it, it's kind of funny. Yeah, you know, Jeffrey Rush's character is really kind of showing a side of him. Right. You know, the character. I'm like, okay, like this guy, this guy definitely has an agenda. Something's going on here. Um, I also really like the old school video in the beginning, the Sanitarium of Slaughter. Well, you the know, old like, time radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, it like it, it, okay, like I get that. Um, and the uh, the theme park was yeah, and was you know like the elevator See, of doom yeah, and yeah. the roller coaster like like we all were kind of like that, okay that, yeah if that was, that was through the whole movie I would have been like right. okay this is cool because well, this guy's got like a sick sense of humor and that's right. funny as hell yeah, yeah. well and, and 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 so here's here's the problem so the two things well no there's three things that really bother me about this movie first of all nothing really happens no <laughs> secondly. You know, the idea of what's really going on in the sanitarium, in this great building, it's alluded to here or there, but it never really gets extrapolated on. No. You know, when Mm is with her videotape (laughs) and she sees, like, the experiment happening and all of the, you know, the doctor and his assistants... They all stop and they look at her. Mm-hmm. Like, that's really interesting. Yeah. You know, that's kind of like a Silent Hill kind of thing. Right. And I said to myself, boy, that could really be interesting. And, of course, so it failed. <laughs> and the third thing that I really was really bothering me as this goes along is that there's no reason for the husband and the wife to hate each other. There's no reason for it. They're both awful Horrible, manipulative people. Yeah. He's rich. She's hot. She wants money. He wants someone to be on his arm. They both clearly like get off. And she's on a trophy screwing wife. with people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, 
Well, you know she what I talks mean? Green people. So well, right, and he apparently likes <coughs> watching, or you know, yeah, I don't know. And then is he into the boys and tickling their bums or something? I didn't, I didn't see that. Part. No, no. She, well, she alludes to him to? being oh, gay like yeah. a half a dozen times, but there's oh, no, yeah, yeah, but there's yeah. no reason for that either because it's never that's never brought out, and so nothing happens. They don't really tie anything into the actual house, and there was no reason for this couple. To, to hate each other. There, no. There's no reason for it. And so, I don't know. That, those were the things that I just said, this is stupid, why not? And <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think the uh, the biggest downfall of the movie was the the lack of backstory for us to care. I mean, the, the only thing we, we really cared about, what the fuck is that? I don't know. Well, it's, it's the house. Jesus. That's not planned. No, no. No. That's not planned. I don't know what that is. Maybe that's just a little bit of overload. Or, uh, okay, whatever. Wow. So, it's your equipment yeah. telling us to stop. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... The um, movie's so bad it doesn't 13, want us to do this 13, podcast. 13 goes. Um, so, yeah, no. The biggest that's downfall was the lack of the back. Because I didn't... Yeah, exactly like Aaron said. I didn't care. No. The, the only... <laughs> good. Um, the only thing I, I I was, you know, kind of drawn in was, okay, there's a million dollars at stake. I guess that's kind of cool, but, you know, like, I, I thought maybe it was going to be a little more cutthroat between these people. Like, they were going to be cutting each other's throats. That would have been, that would have been all right. Hey, up, checkers. Aaron here. Did you know we actually have some podcasting friends? <laughs> in theory, anyway. If you like us, give them a listen, too. And now, a few words. Do you ever wonder when Spider-Man goes to the bathroom if the toilet paper sticks to his fingers? Do you ever wonder why Superman wears his underwear outside of his pants? My name is Imran. My name is Anthony. He's the jock! And he's the nerd. And we're your hosts for the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we sometimes try to attempt to answer these questions. This is a full spoiler podcast, and we swear a lot. Check it out for awesome geek news, interviews, and comic book reviews. Visit jockandnerd.com. We are your superhero TV, movies, and comic book culture curators. Boom. Jockandnerd.com. Jockandnerd. The Upchuck Theater Podcast. There's no there's no backstory. Mm-mm. There's no explanation. The character development is fifth port best. Um, my real problem with the movie... Uh, for me, it felt like the dialogue was written by a ten-year-old. Oh, it was terrible. The the script was and, awful. Yeah, the 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 dialogue itself. I mean, in the first fifteen minutes, we had unnecessary, unneeded f bombs and and shit over and over again. The That's actually. Shit. It's funny you say that. I actually have a note here, <laughs> um, saying uh, <laughs> Tay Diggs, yo. Um, there's actually a note here because I saw that you were kind of keeping count. I was. And, and they had creative ways to say fuck, uh, using it within other words. Yeah. You know, like, you know, unfucking believable. But right. it was like, but it wasn't something like that. It was like fucktabulous. You know what I mean? It, it was well, things that you would just, what? You know, what you it, <laughs> when you're using it, you know, it's, it's a word that you're going to use when you're trying to express something extreme or whatever the case may be, but to just drop them like they did in this movie in the first 15 minutes of Act 1 that was like supposed to be like the decent, so far like the decent part of the movie, mm-hmm. at that point I'm like, wow, really? I mean, and just the rest of the dialogue is just absolutely well, terrible. There's because no need. they had nothing there that oh, I know, they could really, oh, you know. No, I mean, 100% right. 100% that was terrible. Right. That was terrible. I mean, and then... I'm sorry. I know there's I know there's Maryland Manson fans out there. I get it. Whatever. That's cool. 
I personally not a fan, whatever the case may be. See, I like Marilyn Manson, but that cover. But that cover, and, yeah. And, I mean, and but and to have it in this movie, it, I, I just don't see how it really helped or served a purpose. Now, Marilyn Manson did the soundtrack for Resident Evil, the movie. Now, love, hate the movie, whatever the case may be. That's a fantastic soundtrack, and I love what he did with it. But to have that song in here, if you play that again, I swear. <laughs> I can't. Oh, look at his face. <laughs> his fucking face. No, I, I yeah, I, I agree. I don't like the cover. No, I think but it, it's kind of misplaced. It is. It is misplaced. It's There's no reason to have bad. it in here. Yeah. And I mean, for me, the dialogue was terrible. And, I mean, the only thing I took away from this was, you know, Famke Jansen is nice to watch. Allie Lauder is nice to watch. Yeah, uh, Bridget, or mm, mm. for however long she's in the movie, she was, she was all right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's okay to watch. Yeah. Um, Lisa Loeb. <laughs> where yeah, she where? was? She was the one reporter in. Oh, the, in the beginning, in the, in, the elevator. in the beginning with the awful yeah. boots. I bet okay. you that's the really? only thing she's ever done too within the film. Well, it's hopefully, take a look. Yeah, that's got to be. I uh, did. Nah. I thought maybe she'd have a song in there or something, but uh, that wasn't there. Ugh. Which is in Fright Night, the wow. new the, the remake, which is also awful. Hot Tub Time Machine. You know, and whatever. S- speaking of which, this is this is a remake, right? Yes, this there oh, was yeah. original. All right, no but here's the thing, though: wasn't this idea, other than this movie and I guess the original, hasn't that uh, million dollar if you spend the night thing been, been done, done before? Because I, for some reason, my my memory thinks I've either seen that or heard that plot before, not in regards to this or the original. Well, if it's not the million dollars, that trope of spending a night in some place and being mm-hmm. rewarded the next day is definitely evident in a lot of movies. Cliche, I, I, maybe. But, Cliche. Uh, huh. I, uh, well, the original one, it's $10,000. Whoever stays in the house for a oh, night yeah. one, 10000 Of course, it's 1959. <laughs> That's right. Inflation. Which would probably be about a million now anyways, right? <laughs> oh, right, yeah. yeah so. Inflation being what it is. You know, and of course, there's the allusion to Vincent Price because, you know, Jeffrey Rush's character has that, you know, rapist uh, pencil-thin mustache uh, and, you know, his name is Price and blah, 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 blah. More like James and, Woods from Casino. Was Price... Yeah. Was that character named Price in the first movie? Yes. No, no. No, no, no. no, 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 no. Okay, no, no. so... Vincent Price played, right. played uh, Frederick Lauren. Okay, Lauren, okay. Yeah. Oh, so that must have been an or homage. Lauren. Yeah, yeah. An homage. Oh, yeah. yeah. And what an homage. Oh, yeah. It was um, It was what a really a, great one. I was happy a, to be there. What a gift. Um, the film received middling reviews from Major Credit. <laughs> Good. <laughs> but was a commercial success. Of course it was. Um, yeah, it's painful. That's because it's it's it was the first production of that god awful production house, Dark Castle. Yeah, and yeah, Dark Castle Entertainment. This was actually the producing debut of Dark Castle Entertainment, and Joel Silver and uh, Robert Zemeckis. Tough. I mean, boy, did they make money, you know? And uh, it's a shame. You know, we <laughs> we glossed right over this um, in two thousand seven. The film was followed by a direct-to-DVD sequel. Oh, yeah, we're going to watch that, yeah, too. Yeah. Return to House, Return on, to House yeah. on Haunted Hill. That'll be sometime. Was both, which was both released. I, I just rated and rated. unrated. I just want to say and I never unrated. want to return to the house on Haunted Hill. Well, we're going to. No. This, uh, is it? <laughs> this was terrible. The hand of God, though, I, I, guarantee, <laughs> I guarantee that sequel is going to be better than this one. What? Because I, I just I couldn't follow this figure? shit. I, I just gotta figure? I gotta go by the rule of thumb that if the first one really sucked, then the sequel's gotta be a little better. Point me an example. 
Um, I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot, but point me an example. No, no, no. Put him on the spot. No, no, no. no. I'll, I'll think of one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Captain, Captain, Captain America for me. The first oh, yeah. one, first yeah, one the first one's terrible. Ass. The first one's awful. The Winter Soldier's actually a very it's good not, movie. Not bad. Okay, can you try one that I might know? That you might know? Um, <laughs> I, don't, how about, how about, I don't marvel. Okay. Or DC. Okay. And you might not feel the same way, but how about Terminator? No, first no, one's no, better. No, really? Better. Yeah. yeah. No. They're, you know, the, the, the Terminator and Terminator 2 are very, very different movies. It's yeah. the same thing with Alien. Alien yeah, and yeah. Aliens are both excellent movies in their own right, but they're very different. Yeah. For me, Alien is far superior to Alien 2. I agree. Or yeah. Alien, sorry. Yeah. And then Terminator is far superior to Terminator 2. But they're very different movies. Yeah. I love T2. Yeah. But Terminator is exa- it really embodies what the whole concept is. It's man versus machine and the idea that you really can't beat it, but human will prevails. And it's just so gritty and down to earth sure. in that respect. But re- but those aren't the best analogies either because they are both really good in their own ways. You know what I mean? Like, I can watch Aliens over and over again. It's just a very different movie from the original Alien, which, right. in my opinion, is as close to a flawless movie as you can basically get. Well, the analogy um, the analogy for this movie is Man Against Vomit. <laughs> really? I mean, that's... Well, that's our own personal struggle. Yes. <laughs> yeah. well, this is our struggle. I, You know what? I sh- Would we really be willing to watch Return... Well, I, I oh think yeah, whether oh, we're willing happen. or not, it's, it's, gonna, it's already been to? decided. Yeah. Okay, all right. So yeah, by the filth master next right. to me. Right, I'll, I'll be absent. I'll be absent from that episode. <laughs> gladly, I pay it gladly. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice um, one. Yeah, I see. Yeah, you, I see. Yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, that was a Tay Diggs reference. Yeah, he's, 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 well, that was uh, Christian Bale. Well, he's in the Same movie. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That was great. Yeah. This is a terrible movie. This is awful. Yeah, this is awful. I I don't even know. Um, Well, I mean, you know, what else do you have from your notes? I mean, what else do we have here to dig on? My notes. My my notes. Yeah, I'll give you my notes. I mean, Famke in the tub with the Finlandia vodka, Bloody Mary. That's fantastic. Right, who can argue? You know, and then my other issue, though, I mean, (laughs) you know, you you, you touched on it a little bit with with Tay Diggs, you know, like like you said, what was it? What what is he, classically trained? Oh, yeah, musical theater actor. Musical theater. The guy is awesome. The guy is talented. I've seen him in one other movie that Aaron introduced me to. Um, Equilibrium. Yes. And that's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic movie. And he actually has a really good character in that movie. I saw that in the theater. It was here in Western New York for two weekends. And I saw it. And, uh, it, I mean, I, in my opinion, it blows The Matrix away, but, of course, it didn't get released the same way because of The Matrix. Right. And I like the first Matrix. The first Matrix is fine. Yeah. yeah. You know. What, but he's, uh, he's, he's, he, was, he was actually good in that movie. Oh, yeah. He had a very interesting yeah, absolutely. character. So you can see him as being a, a, an accomplished, good actor. My problem is with this is that they made him play the... They made him play such a typical role. Yeah. For for that type of person, for Absolutely. that character. You know what I mean? Yeah, and okay. you could have maybe... And that's the problem, though. You could have maybe adjusted him a little bit. Yeah. You didn't have to have... I mean, are we, are we at the point where we, we really have to do that? You know what I mean? Is that really necessary? Well, I mean, his character really became the idea of the stereotype, didn't it? Really, of the right. That's what I mean. The one black guy, and he, you know, and he's, you know, and he talks a certain way, and he kind of acts a certain way. And he's good with the guns. It was just goofy, and it was, (laughs) (laughs) it was goofy. You know what I mean? Like she's like, oh, I don't do a gun, and he's like, here, let me take that. Yeah, but he was the only stereotype in the movie. 
Don't you? I, I mean, of character, right? Because the Think other so? ones, yeah, because the other ones were just a, a, like emotionalist blobs, in my opinion. I, I don't. I really did like M's line where she said, "I either have to what fight or fuck my way back to the top." So yeah, I, right, I yeah. mean that was quality. That was good. That okay, was she had the, the, the her failed TV show. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. You know, my thing uh, is they didn't they didn't touch too much on the doctor. I mean, you know, yeah, the, the thing with that yeah, is they could have they could have they missed opportunity because they yeah. could have made him so much better. You know, yeah. he was there was really not it's much. Jeffrey Combs for right. Fun. Yeah. I mean, come on, Reanimator. We we could have a really spooky doctor, but instead it's just this. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. Well, that's what exactly. I mean. Exactly. That's what I said before. I alluded yeah. to that before. How you had the ability to make something interesting. It's like mm-hmm. I said. You know, nothing really happens in this movie. It, it, there's huge stretches where they just talk. Right. And they talk about nothing. Yeah, nothing. Exactly. And all this crazy garbage is going on, but nothing's really happening. But the other two problems I really had with this movie are there's no reason for Jeffrey Rush's and Famke Jansen's characters to hate each other. Right. They're both awful people. There's no reason for that. Yeah. You could have made something really interesting there where they yeah, were really trying to do something stupid. together. Yeah. And then there's nothing really of any substance in relation to the house, to yeah. the sanitarium, to right. the doctor. Right. Like I said, when... Mm, when she raises her video camera and she sees mm. this thing going on, you had this whole opportunity to really terrorize these people. And then it's all like about how they're all related to their ancestors. Yeah, yeah. Like how does that even get brought out? Like it's not it's just terrible. And then and then these ghosts are stupid yeah. because Tay Diggs is just Colin Kaepernick in nineteen ninety nine. He's just adopted. Yeah, right, right. And I just... I have have a question, though. I do do have an interesting question. I I think I understand what you're saying, Aaron, about the two people. You know, they hate each other, but there's no reason to. Is it assumed that because they're both just terrible people that there's no reason really to hate for them or for them to hate each other? Well, there's there's nothing established. It's, you know, she alludes to him being gay multiple times, like... You well, know, she's, he, a, she's a trophy wife, well, right? Right, which is okay. fine. Okay, which is fine. Right, and then he, you know, throws the jab at her about how she's banging everybody in the zip code, and she goes, you know, is that what you like about it? Is it that you like that I'm banging everybody, or you like just them? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, I mean, maybe he likes to hide in the in the in the closet and look mm-hmm. like. But again, like, Gross. let's say that that's true. That's fine. So okay. establish something between them, though. There's no reason for them to hate each other. Yeah. You're not given anything for it. It's that, I mean, the closest thing to an explanation is that he married her. He kind of knew what he was getting into, but he was hoping that, you know, maybe she wouldn't, you know, bang everybody in in this zip code. And that now he's bitter, but that doesn't make any. It, it's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. He could push her off of a ride. I don't know. Okay, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So, so now let me ask you this: from a writer perspective, uh-huh. because you are a writer, mm-hmm. you know, and I've 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 personally read many of the things that you've written, and I I personally say you, your work is probably some of the best that I've ever read. Well, I mean, and I don't know too much about you know writing, but I know what I like. Mm-hmm. So, from a writer's point of view, yep. okay. How would you have written that better? That 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 between them, would you have given them more backstory? Would you have, you know, how would you have done that? Well, I think like a natural inclination here is to obviously focus more on the sanitarium, focus more on the asylum, the okay. house, whatever, and then instead of having Chris Kattan 
be the representative that's linked to this place, mm. why not have them linked to it? Yeah. You know, why not have Price's character, you know, why not have his character be, you know, the gatekeepers of this, you know, and do like a whole kind of like Arkham Asylum thing. That'd to, be cool. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, and how okay. there's like a familial kind of thing. And, and how... You know, he's clearly keeping these deep, dark secrets and all this stuff. And now now it's time for revenge. And so maybe, who knows, maybe she gets off on that kind of idea, you know, or I mean, there's so many different ways you could do it. The Upchuck Theater Podcast. And then we wouldn't have needed Chris Kattan. Right. Um, (laughs) And I'm assuming dialogue probably would be much better, too, as well. Well, it would have been, it just wouldn't have been as unfuckable. (laughs) I'll tell you that much. (laughs) Yeah! Good one. Good one. Buddy! Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he was bad. Well, that's that's interesting from the the writer point of view. I think that's that's good. That was my last note, actually, was die, Chris Kattan, die. Right. um, (laughs) But he saves him in the end. Yeah. It's just, I don't know... I mean, there's nothing. There's just nothing redeemable about. So okay, so Rob, so you know, this is our our fifth podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, you you have been a a purveyor of what you have considered bad movies before, and um, you know, you kind of you know you kind of established some astonishment, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, after we watched the uh, the astronaut's wife, that <laughs> you were reconsidering what your taste in movies is and I you know and I said to you I don't think so. I mean some of the movies you like are awful I mean that, that <laughs> yes but they are you know but you like terrible. stuff like Rocky Horror or you know you like trauma horror movies and stuff like that oh yeah I don't really care for those they're campy they're cheesy right. they're corny I don't really care for those that being said I don't say Rocky Horror is a bad movie I understand why certain people like it I get you know, I understand why you like it. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't make it a bad movie to me. It's just nowhere near my near my cup of tea. Right. But so it's not a lot of people's either. So you'd be surprised at that, though. It's, really? it's like fifty fifty. It's either yeah. yay wow. or it's nay. No, it really is. It's yay or okay. nay. All right. And 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 that's all fine. So what then? Uh, you know, what is your take now? Like, how do you? How would you equate something now to being? Awful, or something that's you know like a cult movie. Like another example, and then I'll shut up. Uh, we just watched Saturn Three the other day, oh. and you kept saying over and over again, "Oh, this is a horrible movie. This is a horrible oh, movie." It's, so terrible. Uh, it's not though. It's not a bad movie. It's, great. it's got some corny aspects it's to it. It's got some cheesy aspects to right. it, maybe. Right. But it's got a you know. But that's kind of understood from the get go. There's certain things about it that are, you know, going to be a little campy or cheesy. And that's not even necessarily the right word. But I thought it was actually good. Like, I understood what they were going <laughs> for. I didn't have a problem with that at all. I don't think it's a bad movie by by any means. So, you know, what is your thought process on that now? Well, you know, it, <laughs> we are five episodes in. And it's, it's only about the, the Saturn Three uh, experience. Uh, reason being is... You know, at some point, you know, obviously our main our main focus here, our main view on this is to do uh, these type of movies. That's what this whole Upchuck Theater is about. We watch these, you know, terrible movies so you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, somewhere down the road, I think we were talking a little side project where we may actually watch, you know, 
what we consider a halfway decent movie and do like a quick little 15 minute uh yeah yeah a little 15 minute uh, review of yeah, a movie car, that, yeah car, car reviews, reviews yeah, yeah. <laughs> of a movie yeah. that we you know two of us or three of us who are, are watching and, and can actually enjoy so that's a little plug for us for ourselves yeah yeah, but, yeah change um, it up every now and again yeah, yeah. yeah you know because and and that's the reason why that's the reason why the change up five episodes into this in and I've come to the realization that what I consider a terrible movie uh, is actually Oscar award-winning mm-hmm. by, by, by yeah, these it standards is, it is. it's interesting because you know when you when you come to me with these titles and you say hey we're gonna watch this or you know hey hey Dustin wants to bring this one and we're gonna do this episode and and a lot of these I haven't seen um, the only one I did see was 13 ghosts and that was a long time ago when the movies a lot more terrible now than I thought it was. Um, it's it's actually um, it's actually rather eye opening. It really is surprisingly enough. And uh, I'll freely admit that I really do like campy movies. I do. Aaron nailed it. I mean, I like trauma movies and I like terrible movies. But these are things that are even below. I mean, my standards. <laughs> these are these are just yeah. these are terrible, and it's funny. Like today, you know, we're getting ready for this episode, and 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 you said to me, "Oh, we're gonna watch House on a Haunted Hill," and I I looked away, and I sighed to myself. I'm like, "Oh God, House on a Haunted Hill." Mm-hmm. We're, I mean, five, this, we're five for five. Oh, we absolutely. I mean, of course, we're we're five for five. It, it, it's <laughs> it's interesting. It's it's this is a. What, what, what is it? Sadomasochism? Is that the one where you enjoy pain? Is yeah. that it? No, yeah. Sadist? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, these are, they're trying. It's indulgence for sure. They're, yeah, they're very trying. They're very difficult. <laughs> and it's, it's, honestly, it's amazing how far we've, how far I've come in uh, realizing that there's, Stuff out there that's just really terrible. Really yeah. It's yeah. A, it, it really it's eye opening. It so, really is. Uh, so then let's let's go into that then and some of the ter- terrible, if you will. <laughs> so I mean the editing was awful and oh, it, and gosh. it seems like the copy we watched was like messed with a little bit yeah, and but things were out of order. It doesn't matter. No. The, you know the editing was horrible. So Dustin. You know, in your capacity as a, a sound guy, mm-hmm. uh, you do a lot of editing. You use programs like Audacity and stuff like that, and you, yeah. you cut a lot. Right. So whether it's visual or whether it's you know audio, I mean, there is a difference. But we, you know, how did you feel about the presentation? And I mean, because for me, you know, editing film as I have, it, it was it was awful. Yeah, well, I mean, even, it was atrocious. Well, he went sound. Even even Dustin mentioned. He says the the having the Marilyn Manson song was well, a bad was, choice. Yeah, that so was a bad choice. Um, yeah. I mean the the sound itself was okay, but yeah, like you said, the uh, I think the uh, the timeline of the movie, even with the shitty copy that we had, no, that was, was bouncing around nonsense. It, it was very very jumpy and very. Uh, Disjointed yeah. in how they moved from scene to scene. Right. It was Nothing, like, oh, yeah. oh, we're, now all of a sudden we're coming down here and uh, right. looking for some. You know, yeah. it's yeah, it, no rhyme or reason, yeah. which is not surprising. No, not at all. Um, so I mean, <laughs> sounds like they just had a whole bunch of ideas and they slammed them together in uh, on the table and they said, hey, the, this is how we get to this part. part. Yeah. And like, okay. Absolutely awful, disgusting. So I mean. <sighs> You know this this movie, you know like like these other ones that we've watched, it made money. Yeah. You know it was released in 1999. It has a 5.6 out of 10 on IMDb. Yeah, well, there it is. You know, I mean, and of course it's in the Dark Castle series, 
So, Ghost Ship, uh, mm-hmm. Thirteen Ghosts, The Haunting, House of Wax, Gothica, you know, all these all these just... Uh, We're just, doing nothing but promoting Dark Castle yeah, really movies, basically. And yeah, it, it was, was released... So it was released theatrically on October 29th. Get him as a sponsor. 1999, <laughs> opening number one at the box office. Oh and it earned over $15 million in sales its opening weekend. So back what? in 1999. Yeah. Well, so think about that now, What was too. it made for? Uh, let's see. Dustin, you do you know that? I don't. I'm going to guess it's got to be at least... Uh, let's see here. $19 million budget. That's what oh, it's really? saying here. Estimated $19 million. Okay. okay. So what, what did it make? Well, it made over forty. <laughs> And th- now think about that too, because 1999, so it's 2016, and here in Buffalo, uh, you know, uh, a, a normal ticket, not a matinee at the Regal or the AMC, is what eleven dollars now, ten fifty mm-hmm. or eleven bucks, and that's not including an IMAX or a 3D or anything like that. So a standard ticket at seven o'clock at night on any day is ten fifty or eleven dollars, right? So back in 1999. What was a what was a nighttime ticket? Seven bucks. Yeah, six fifty. Yeah, right. Yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, they've gone. They've skyrocketed the past five or ten years. So this is going on twenty years ago already. So think about that. So you're you're figuring maybe sixty five or seventy percent of the ticket cost, and it made forty million bucks. I mean, you know, nothing outrageous, but it doubled its money. It made more than double the, uh, you know, double the money. A rush's name price. As well as his appearance as a nod to actor Vincent Price. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah, well, no. <laughs> yeah. William Castle's daughter, Terry <laughs> Castle, served as co-producer on the film. I guarantee you she loves it. I mean, she loves it. <laughs> she she can go through this movie and point out every amazing thing about it. But um, she, that she had a hand Oh, yeah. Deleted, so now the deleted footage, several key scenes were taken out of the final cut. Really? Now, this included an exposition scene. Oh, gee. <laughs> in <laughs> which, left that in, in which now, 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 wait a minute. Let's see here. So this included an exposition scene in which Sarah Wolf. Allie Larder okay. is fired by her boss Jennifer Jensen, Good. played by Debbie uh, Mazar. Okay. So the actual Jennifer Jensen, <laughs> a feisty vice president of a motion picture company. Two versions of the scene were shot, both featured on a film set, where Wolf hands Jensen a bag delivered for her. Inside is a music box with a jack-in-the-box trigger, which cuts the handler's finger. Uh, Jennifer Jensen, the real one, Debbie Mazar, throws the box in the garbage, and Wolf discovers the invitation to Price's party inside of it. So this is why in the final cut of the film, she hesitantly introduces herself to Price's Jennifer Jensen. In the final uh. cut of the film, she later convinces or confesses to Eddie Baker, Tay Diggs, about posing as Jensen in order to receive the million bucks. So see, so again, so she's there. How do the ghosts not know that? Yeah. That she's right. not the real person. Um, another scene removed uh, last minute, according to the fabulous director, was a scene in which uh, she falls, same character, falls through a collapsing floor when she and Baker are being chased by the darkness. After <laughs> falling two stories, she awakens in a subterranean crematorium <laughs> <laughs> filled with the ashes and corpses of the hospital's <laughs> dead patients. Uh-huh. There she's attacked by reanimated corpses who ah, rise from their graves, okay. terrorize her, oh, and yeah. tear oh, yeah. off yeah, her overcoat. I, th- now they that- tear off her overcoat. Uh, as a result, there remains a continuity error, <laughs> really, <laughs> and uh, in which Wolf's overcoat disappears from her body in between scenes. And I noticed that because yeah. at one point yeah, she's yeah, got yeah, it on, yeah, then yeah, she's yeah. wearing just the red top, and then she's got it back again. Yeah, yeah. A final epilogue scene 
completing the Jennifer Jensen story arc was also filmed because that would have made a difference, featuring uh, the actual Jensen arriving at the house, which she has now inherited. Oh, jeez. What? As she enters the what? front door, a blood-curdling scream is heard, and the realtor is revealed to be Dr. Vanicott. Uh, Director Malone said the scene ultimately was removed after the cutting of Jensen's exposition, Mm -hmm. as well as because it has a comical tone that did not fit with the rest of the film. (laughs) Okay. I thought the beginning was kind of funny. There were some funny scenes. It's a critical reception. I'll find... uh, Let's hope Kevin Thomas from the LA Times is in here. Although, although finding the film him. entertaining yeah. and scary, House on Haunted Hill revu- received mixed reviews from critics. They criticized special effects, what a surprise, and the storylines. In comparison, the overwhelmingly positive score of 95% of the original, uh, House on Haunted Hill did not, the remake did not fare well. 57 reviews, it has a 28% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, the site's consensus reads, unsophisticated and unoriginal film fails to produce... Scares. Mick LaSalle called it a gutsy remake. I would call it gutsy, assuming they were going to make money on it. Saying House on Haunted Hill is a kind of horror movie that's not a bit scary and quite a bit gross. No. It's also mildly, even pleasantly entertaining, at least by the diminished standard set by the summers of the haunting. Well, who can argue? Uh, It sets up hostile relationships between the characters, which allow the audience to wonder who is doing what to whom. What? No. Finding out is not so interesting, but getting there isn't so bad. I hate you, Mick LaSalle. Uh, (laughs) Maitland or Maitland McDonough of Film Journal gave the review, gave a similar review. Proceedings are utterly conventional, but watching them unfold is mildly diverting if you're in the right frame of mind. Sure, if you're smoking pot, (laughs) as many moviegoers apparently were over the Halloween weekend. Mm. Also favorably comparing the film to Jean Bonnat's remake of The Haunting. There's nothing wow. favorable about any of this. Entertainment Weekly gave it a B minus, probably the fabulous Owen Gleiberman. Trash, but creepier than you expect. No. Variety gave it a positive review. Cheap scares, giving the irredeemable cheesiness of the original. The makers had nowhere to go but up. Sadly, they didn't. But you say <laughs> it's not exactly a stunning surprise to find the new horror opus slicker and scarier. Mm-hmm. Uh, New York Times criticized it, thanks be to God, calling it a sorry reincarnation. The film wastes the talents of actors like Jeffrey Rush and Peter Gallagher in hollow roles, heavily relying on sets and special effects that look, I mean, to me, they looked like PlayStation 1 polygons to do the work that should have been accomplished by its director and writer. The Austin Chronicle also said this. We like the Austin Chronicle, typically. The nicest thing I can say is that the 58 shocker is that Jeffrey Rush, God bless him, sure can do a fine imitation of Vincent Price's original mustache. Good good for the Austin Chronicle. There you go. Good for them. Um, you know, and I mean, I mean, the drivel just goes on and on and on and on and on. And, and you know, I, I'm glad that some of these reviews have said things that, you know, we kind of said as well. Uh, Rob Vaux from Mania.com from, from two years ago, 2014, said, In our post-torture porn era of gloom and doom, its ebulence feels like a breath of fresh air. Ebulence? Shut 
up. Just, just <laughs> shut up. What is ebulence? I don't know. Like, I guess it's uh, now. Now we sound stupid because you asked that question, and now it's on recording. I Rob. don't know what ebulence <laughs> is. I mean, that's a word that I think they used because they didn't know what it actually um, meant. Ken Hankey from the Mountain Express in Asheville, North Carolina. Oh, what did you say? <laughs> say Norse? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait. To House on that. Haunted Hill isn't a great movie, but it is, however, a good deal of gory fun. Mm. Rob Gonsalves from eFilmCritic.com. It's a cheesy horrorway. Throw horrorway. Oh my. We we need to stop. It's a cheesy throwaway horror flick, but it's a tight, cheesy throwaway horror flick. No, it's not. And that's one other thing that I wanted to mention, too. There are certain shots where I loved the set. I loved it. There were certain shots, and then as it goes on, there's just more and more spider webs. Oh, yeah. It reminded me of, it really did kind of remind me of some of the grittier areas of, like, some of the Resident Evils. Yeah. It really did, you know. You know, it's funny you say that because I thought the same thing. The tight corridors. The tight corridors, the different colors of, of light. Uh, there are certain shots where it really looked good. Spencer Mansion. And then, yeah. you know, and then, you know, there's just spider webs everywhere, and it's just a bunch of garbage. Yeah, and, yeah, um, that's about it. So that's it. Garbage. That's a bunch it. of it. No, let's throw up on it. What are we going to say? Oh, <laughs> oh, well, I mean, who can argue? That's <laughs> easy. I mean, so yeah. on the I mean, really on, our, on, our, on our vomitous, vomitous scale, scale. One to five, boys. One to five. Let's see. Let's bring that up here. One being pleasantly surprised. Movie nope. we assume to be up chuckable was unfortunately it was so good that it fall that it fails the show. And then of course we have number five, spewing from both ends. On a movie so bad you will use your popcorn bucket to catch your former popcorn as it violently leaves your body. Is that cholera? Do we establish that more or less? Yeah, it's as close cholera? enough, yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, Aaron, I'm gonna go with you first. Oh no! I, no no no! You All guys, right. you guys are mentioned first, so please. By okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> Dustin, I'll go you uh, first. Two. That's a two uh, for Dustin. No, no no no, lo- no no no! He secretly loved this movie. This one I did not love, and I'm I'm really, I don't know. I, I I'm gonna give it a, a solid four point eight. It's right. not. It's not full cholera for me, but I'm, I'm where, close. Where the hell is the point eight? Hold on. Where, the point no, eight? No, the, I want to know where the point the two point, is. The point two is if um, the point two is the redeeming quality that um, Famke Jansen had that bathtub scene in the beginning. That that was the only good thing for me. Okay, I can't no, give I can't it a full five without seeing that bathtub scene. I can't argue with that. Yeah. All right. So, Rob, your uh, your verdict? Ah, uh, four point nine. Point nine. What the hell are point these points? We don't even know what the yeah. points are. Yeah. What are you people doing? It's 4.99, <laughs> and I'm, I'm only giving the point zero zero one because Allie Larder's in it, and okay. Bridget Wilson's that's in it, fair. and Fabkin Jensen's in it, and that's right. it. Okay. It's I'm going to be uh, more realistic with the scale. I'm going to give it a four and a half. Uh, <laughs> it, it gets a... It gets a <laughs> It gets a half point for me because of the opening 15 minutes, which I actually found enjoyable. I agree with that. Uh, Funny, you know, funny and, you know, the opening kind of old time radio kind of video, even though we're saying radio for video. uh, That was actually kind of fun, too. Uh, And I'm also going to give it a half a point that in that half point uh, for the set design. 2.5. And uh, because, you know, who doesn't like looking at Famke Jansen and jowled Ollie Larder. Um, But it's still four and a half. I mean, I have to go to the bathroom right now. Yeah. So let's let's I love Ellie Larder. Let's go. Yeah. 
Thanks for listening to the Upcheck Theater Podcast. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Or go right to our home at upchucktheater.podbean.com slash feed and subscribe or upchucktheater.com. Until next time, keep the Ipecac candy and the movie viewing nonsense to a minimum. 